If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And here's a stat that surprises me in connection with all the overdose deaths that we're seeing in BC. This is data from the BC Coroner Service released last year. It showed the highest percentage of people who died from opiate overdose in the province from 2017 to 2020 were people who smoked their drugs rather than injecting them. 56% of the overdose overdose deaths were attributed to smoking the drug, and I guess it's mostly fentanyl, and only 19% injected it. 18% was from snorting the stuff, 5% ingested it by mouth. And that brings us to the Health Canada approved drug consumption sites in the downtown east side. They're set up so that the drug user can safely do the drugs with supervision. And uh, the idea is that it's safer and it has a lot of support, that idea. Trouble is... There's no smoking inside, and while there are some outdoor inhalation spaces, at this moment it's very limited. Uh, Now a health and research organization, the Center for Excellence in HIV-AIDS, has applied to the city of Vancouver to open six indoor inhalation booths. Vancouver City Councilor Pete Fry is behind the idea, and he is here now. Hi, Pete. How are you? I'm great, Martin. How are you? Great, great. Uh, I was surprised by this stat. Were you surprised by this stat? Uh, how many overdoses were from inhaling the drug? No, we've 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 known of that sort of trend uh, as it's been emergent for the last few years. So it's been uh, incredibly uh, disheartening uh, for sure because it, it's been one of those pieces that we haven't really been able to to get ahead of. In fact, uh, Dr. Montana from the uh, uh, the Center for Excellence of HIV/AIDS, who's sort of pioneering this new approach, uh, he he pointed out that they've had actually no fatalities in the case of supervised uh, injection. But the reality is is that with inhalation, there is no sort of option for supervision unless it's in an outside facility, and even that's not really covered by by WorkSafe BC. So this is a, an important and overdue intervention uh, to save lives. It seems a little. Uh, less scientific to smoke it to me because is it harder to manage the dosage when you're smoking or I would expect so but I mean I think we're we're talking about unregulated drug supply so even if you're injecting it you're not really sure probably what you're getting in in the substance so you're you're diluting it with water and it, it could be you know three parts fentanyl one part heroin you know eight parts rat poison uh so I think you know the reality is is you really don't know what you're what you're smoking or what you're injecting, so neither are especially well regulated, and that is, in its essence, the reason for supervised consumption services in the first place. Because we have such an unregulated supply of of largely toxic drugs, um, that nobody really knows what they're getting. Mm-hmm. So, 
I, I guess it seems obvious that if you're going to have safe consumption sites, I mean, I, I almost want to always say safe injection sites. That's sort of the bias is towards injection. But to think it, it, it should involve the way the drugs are consumed. But at the same time, this problem just seems to get worse. What, what are we not doing? Is it not enough sites? Do we need maybe better management of the sites that we do have? Well, and I, I want to just sort of go right back to the start. We don't actually call them safe consumption sites at all anymore. We call them supervised consumption sites because I think the reality is, is there's, you know, we're, we're not talking about safe usage. Right. We're trying to reduce the amount of harm, and that's sort of the principle of harm reduction. Um, you know, I think this particular intervention is, is really overdue, and I think it's part of moving towards a, a more proactive solution. I mean, obviously, we need to, to really have more, more treatment available. Uh, we need to have more drug testing available. I think that's a big piece that's that's missing from from our current approach. Um, you know, which with 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 not just drug testing strips, but they have uh, there's a few places in town that have deployed spectrometers that can actually analyze the content of the drugs before they're using them. And that, in essence, has been sort of the move around decriminalization is to get get ahead of this sort of toxic drug supply. And I think the other thing, when we take a larger zoom out and look at, at British Columbia. Uh, a lot of these overdoses are really happening outside of the downtown east side, and they're happening in, in small towns. They're happening in work camps where folks are, are you know, doing uh, resource extraction or infrastructure development work, uh, and they're they're just working folk, and they're you know, chipping away on the to oftentimes relieve a little bit of pain or or just for you know recreation. Uh, but that's where we're seeing a lot of overdoses as well. In fact. When it comes to areas like the downtown east side, it's actually quite well served by um, supervised consumption sites. But I think what, what Dr. Montana in this project has really kind of illustrated is that there's a, a technological approach that can address this inhalation issue. Because my understanding is it's sort of like a vacuum chamber. So you can go in there and, and you can smoke. And in the event that the person overdoses, the attending nurse can, can press an emergency button and it will literally suck all the smoke out of the, out of the chamber and allow them to enter safely and, and do, you know, the necessary medical intervention. Right. And so many of the overdoses that you hear about, they're, they're um, due to fentanyl being where people didn't know the fentanyl was. It was in some meth or something. Um, can these sites look at the drugs and somehow, and, and, and somehow measure them? And can they find unwanted ingredients or is that impossible? No, 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 that is the technology behind the sort of the mass spectrometer that, that will analyze what's, what's in whatever, you know, drugs you bring into it. And I, I don't know how it works scientifically, but it, it really does get down to the exact, you know, minutia of percentages of what is in the substance that is being brought in. And, and apparently that's quite illuminating because I think a lot of people realize that they're, I mean, it's oftentimes like, you know, gypsum or something in there that they, they think is drugs, but then there's a... You know, and that's where the advantage, I guess, to adding fentanyl to any substance can can give it more of a high, um, while not actually reflecting what they're purported to be. Right. You buy it. So let, let's zoom out a little bit. As a Vancouver City Councilor, you know what what's your I, I don't want to say mood, but your feeling like the downtown east side right now, Hastings Street. There was a lot of talk a month or two ago. They were cleaning out the the sidewalks, but nothing seems to have changed. Are, are you are you feeling disheartened by what's going on in the downtown east side? Uh, I mean it's it's it is uh, depressing for. Um, a number of reasons, but I think one of the, the, the things I also recognize is that the downtown east side, 
um, doesn't provide a lot of opportunity for folks to sort of escape that milieu. Um, and and, and it, it can be kind of a, a, a vortex of despair in many respects. So, you know, oftentimes, we, we, you know, members of the public might look sort of disparaging at folks who are on Hastings Street addicted to drugs, um, using drugs, the various kind of homeless or, or whatever the case is. And, and see them as a as a failure, but in fact, the failure is is as we as a society, having given many folks no other option, and we expect them to pull themselves up up by their bootstraps when they're surrounded by by predators, you know, by uh, deprivation, poverty, uh, a lot of a lot of negative interactions. And and you know, I've talked to so many folks because I live in the neighborhood, um, and many people who who are there, you know, they they got they got injured on the job, and they had to resort to to painkillers and then when the prescription didn't work or it ran out and then they resorted to street drugs and then the next thing you know they're 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 you know uh, addicted in the downtown east side and that's where we put all our housing and our resources and we don't really and it's really hard to, it's it's hard to kick if you're in the downtown east side it's hard to kind of lift yourself up by the bootstraps as the vernacular goes so you know there's a a, a multitude of failures i do want to notion you know at least address the notion that that you know, with the provinces move towards decriminalization, it's a really important sort of point where where I think there needs to be kind of those additional pillars of harm reduction introduced. Uh, it was a bold move to to go with decriminalization, but I sit on the, the the health and social development committee at the Union of BC Municipalities, and I can tell you from across British Columbia, uh, we haven't seen the resources going to local governments to support the kind of full spectrum of harm reduction. So. We're not seeing the drug testing opportunities. We're not seeing the supervised consumption site opportunities. We're not seeing, um, you know, the treatment opportunities. And those those also have to be a part of this larger equation uh, so that, that decrim in and of itself is not like this one, one leg on a three-legged stool and, and doomed to fail. Mm-hmm. Well, Pete Fry, uh, thanks for talking to us. It's a problem that has dogged this city for so long, and I, I guess we're, we're not going to be able to solve it here this afternoon. But uh, thanks for talking to us. My pleasure. Take care.